Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe, stay connected, think big, and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus. Welcome into episode 17 of Hoop Dreams. On today's show, Steve and I are talking about a lot of different topics. We are transitioning into a more of a sports-based podcast, not just basketball. We are going to be talking all sports from here on out. We're going to be coming out with a new podcast art and a new show name uh, this coming week, so stay tuned for that. And on today's episode, we talk about J.R. Smith being signed by the Lakers, all of the players that are testing positive for the coronavirus, what that means for the teams going into the NBA bubble. We talk about the big signing for the New England Patriots of Cam Newton, what we think he's going to do in New England, how that's going to play out for the Patriots. I mean, we also dive into a little bit of uh, golf talk and, and betting for all you degenerates out there who right now there's nothing really to bet on except for golf. So we dive into that and talk to you about different ways that you can bet on golf and what we think you should look at when you're doing that. So stay tuned, sit back and relax and enjoy another episode of Hoop Dreams. Let's go. Welcome to Hoop Dreams, an unwrapped sports podcast and your mainstay. For all things basketball, here's the guys, Mark Belleville and Steve Lewis. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Hoop Dreams. This is episode 17. We are back after a week off. We're well-rested. We needed a little bit of a break. As you can see, my co-host here, Steve, he's got a big smile on his face with that uh, Patriots jersey on uh, that he's got. So I just wanted to get in to start by talking about our podcast and how we're going through a little bit of a transition. Um, obviously we are a basketball podcast, but we are going to be transitioning into more of a sports uh, podcast and, and talking about all things sports uh, transitioning kind of like your old basketball days, Steve, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess you score into a point guard, right? Well, basically I think what we, what you're trying to say is we just want to be like a grab bag. Like we're, we want to bring all sports <laughs> And we want to bring a little betting, and and I think we want to do everything. Yeah, we want to we want, we want to share everything. You know, with us. You're a baseball guy. I'm a basketball guy. We're both football guys. Like we have a lot of knowledge about all these sports. So um, I, I think it's best that we just talk about all these topics. Um, and there's a ton to get to, um, especially recently. You know, we'll start with start with the NBA. Uh, we had some. Uh, we had a big signing um, for the Lakers with J.R. Smith going to join his old teammate, LeBron James. And then we have a ton of people that have decided that not going to go to the bubble uh, down in Orlando. So we'll get to them. Steve, I wanted to start off talking about JR. The last thing that I remember about JR is the finals um, a few years ago when we just couldn't remember the time. I mean, that's everybody's lasting impression about J.R. Smith. Nobody really remembers how good of a shooter he is or any of these other things. That's what people remember. So uh, what do you think um, J.R. can do for the Lakers? Uh, and do you think it helps them more than having a guy like Avery Bradley who has said that he's not going down to the bubble for uh, personal issues? Well, I mean, from everything that I've heard around, it seems like everyone pretty much thinks that J.R. Smith is kind of an upgrade from Avery Bradley. And I don't really believe that that's true. I think Avery Bradley is definitely a more well-rounded two-way player, definitely a better defender than J.R. Smith. Um, and from the offensive end, he can definitely give you stuff, especially in that second unit. And in a game where you, where you feel like you're going to need your bench a lot more, I feel like Avery Bradley would have been a better component and a better fit for them. But I think it's a good pickup for the Lakers, especially because there is a camaraderie there with LeBron and whatnot. So I think Frank Vogel will be able to allow – JR to be able to fit easily, but JR Smith's such a wild card, right? Like he can go in there and you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, he can go in there and he can get hot, right? He can hit a couple threes, but he can hit three threes and then he can miss the ten next ten he threes. Can, he can shoot you. He can shoot you out of a game as much as he can shoot you into a game. You know, I I mean, I think it was yeah, a great. He's, pick never, up he's never going to stop shooting. 
No, he's never going to stop shooting. That's that's what he does, though. You know, that's what was no. he was so successful in Cleveland. It was yeah. LeBron was driving, kick, driving, kick, open three for Jr. Um, and that's where that's like his that's his bread and butter. You know, and I don't want to knock the guy for that. You know, it's tough to knock a guy in the NBA and say that his basketball IQ isn't isn't that that great because um, he did make it to the league and everything like that. But that it, that situation that happened in Cleveland where he didn't realize the clock like that could, he ruined a complete. Unbelievable performance by LeBron James in, the, in game one of that series. And that could have flipped. The, if they had won that first game, who knows what could have happened the rest of that series. Maybe Golden State probably wins, but then the Cavs have the momentum. You know, as far as the Lakers themselves go, um, I'm with you. I don't think JR is a better player than Avery Bradley. I think he's a better uh, scorer than Avery Bradley, a better shooter. Um, but Avery's pretty consistent now with his shot. But the biggest thing Avery gives to you is his on-ball defense, especially in a conference like the West where you have a lot of great ball handlers like James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, John Morant, all guys that you're going to need a, a defender, a lockdown defender on these guys. And J.R. Smith just doesn't give you any of that. But considering the circumstances with Avery Bradley not you know, already committing to stay away from Orlando, I think the Lakers did the best they could with what they had to choose from. I definitely agree with that. I mean, the thing I liked about the Lakers was they had two good on the ball defenders with him and Danny Green. I mean, so now they only have Danny Green in that in that format. So I think that kind of hurts him. And I think I read a thing today that Danny Green was basically came out and showed a vote of confidence saying that he's willing to take any tough assignment that he gets at this point. But in this in all these episodes that we've talked in the past, we were expecting that you were going to be have to rely heavily on your bench because you can't really expect these guys to go out and play 30, 35 minutes a game right off the rip. So yep. that to expect that you're going to be able to exert a lot of energy playing on the ball defense all the time, I think Avery Bradley is going to be sorely missed. Like there's no doubt about that. But out of all the free agent pickups that we've seen, like there's no other better free agent pickup than we've seen than J.R. Smith. And definitely as a veteran guy, it's not going to be hard to get him incorporated into a team. And like we've said, like as far as his offensive game, it evolves around the three-point line in general. So as far as uh, an offensive guy goes, it shouldn't be that tough for him. But yeah, like from a mental capacity, J.R. Smith has never been one that has uh, – has shown mental fortitude to say the least. And he's always seems like he's going to throw a technical foul in there at some point anyways. So yeah, we'll see. How it do, you goes. Think we, uh, do you think we get a little bit more of playoff Rondo now? Oh yeah. Because like, oh, yeah. we know from obviously the Boston days and from even when the Celtics played Chicago in that first round series uh, against, um, you know, uh, played Chicago with Rondo and the Bulls. I mean, the Celtics arguably lose that series if Rondo doesn't get hurt. Um, they do and then all this yeah, like, and then when he was with, even when he was with New Orleans, just every time you get to the playoffs, Rondo shows up and he does unbelievable things. Like, is that gonna, you know, you, you think they, they're gonna go with him more? Absolutely, and I think the one thing I remember as a Celtics fan is whenever, whenever the Celtics were on prime time, it was triple double time for Rajon Rondo. I think that that's when his numbers shine the brightest. Prime, prime time Rondo, and, and and like you said, when he got in that series, when it was the one eight matchup. He devoured Isaiah Thomas that series, and they jumped up to that 2-0 series lead, and he got hurt, and and then the series just collapsed after that. So with the veteran leadership and being there, I think LeBron's definitely going to lean on Rajon Rondo to do his thing, and that will definitely take pressure off LeBron to be able to do his thing. So, yeah, Rajon Rondo is definitely going to be an X factor for the Lakers, and definitely – do we know if Dwight Howard's going to be there for them? He's He's on the fence right now. Um, but with everything that's been going on, I mean, he was a huge part in that players coalition with Kyrie Irving, uh, saying that they didn't, you know, w- he wasn't going to go, uh, but he hasn't committed to not going yet. So, uh, but obviously that's a huge uh, loss for the Lakers as well. If he doesn't show up. Yeah. I think that things are like, as of right now, and, uh, and we'll talk about it more as the episode goes on, things are definitely seems like, and it's the early stages of it. Rosters are starting to fall apart a little bit. So these teams that we thought were strong are definitely not as strong as they were back in March. So we'll see how the next few weeks happens. But right now, yeah, yeah. I mean, you lose Avery Bradley. It's yeah, that's a nice little signing. He's not Avery Bradley though. He'll never replace Avery Bradley, and I won't say that Jr. Smith's an upgrade to Avery Bradley at all. Yeah, I agree with that. And and moving on, you know, they started the first round of coronavirus testing. Um, and 16 out of 304 players tested positive uh, for coronavirus, which is around 5%, which is actually on par with the average in the United States. It's about six, a little over 6%. So the NBA is right there um, average-wise of positive tests. Um, and some of the key players uh, that, that tested positive, uh, we had a bunch of players from the Kings, um, Jabari Parker, 
Um, and then we had some players from the Mavericks, like Willie Cauley Stein, but most notably players from the um, New Jersey, uh, I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, which the Nets aren't, you know, really expected to do much once they get down there in the playoffs, but those are some key components to their team. And, and now uh, with those guys testing positive, they have come out and said that they're not going to be going down to uh, the bubble uh, to Orlando as well. And then most recently today uh, you had a player um, who hasn't tested positive for it, but a, a key player uh, and Lou Williams uh, for the Clippers that has said that he's on the fence about going down as well. So these are even more players that are coming out that are going to be affecting some key teams. Um, you know, the Nets, they have the ability to kind of move up um, and get out of that seven seed and not have to play one of the higher seeds. And then we know with the Clippers, um, they're obviously the top team to take out the Lakers right now. You know, everybody thinks is, is already predicting Clippers, Lakers and the Western Conference Finals. But without Lou Williams, if he decides not to go, how do you think that affects the Clippers going forward? Well, we obviously know what Lou Williams brings to them on the scoring end. And we obviously just talked about how important the bench is going to be for these teams going forward. And I know that Lou Williams is definitely a big part of what the Clippers do. Clippers by far are the deepest team. Um, there's no doubt about that. But Lou Williams is a big part of that. So I think I'm, you're, you're going to lose like 20 points right there. And you're going to lose 25 minutes, uh, probably 25 to 30 minutes off of your uh, – off of your rotation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a guy that really just fits in and just does his job game after game and somebody that you can rely on. So that definitely puts a lot more pressure on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to definitely score more. And not only that, put more minutes on their bodies. And we wonder if that's going to be necessarily a good thing. Especially for two guys who love load management. Exactly. So you wonder when you look down that roster, where else you can find the points to be able to make up for Lou Williams. And as of right now, like I'm really not finding that unless you really rely or you get that from Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah. It's very tough too. like, um, with you said with the, with the minutes and, and getting heavy minutes with Kawhi and Paul George, um, we looked at the schedule already cause it's been released and the teams are not getting more than one day off between games. And those are just two players that aren't used to that. Um, and, you know, some of the key guys that they signed um, before the season got cut off, like the Reggie Jacksons and the Marcus Morrises, and these guys are going to be put right into the situation very quickly. If, uh, if Lou doesn't go and they have no chemistry at all. At all. Um, that team, they like that's going to be their biggest thing is is a, is chemistry building, um, and it's it's going to be very interesting to see. And I think the I, I going into this, I thought the Clippers were the deeper team, and I thought that's what gave them the edge over the uh, over the Lakers, is because their bench and their depth and everything like that. But without having Lou, who's a key, is like a a six man candidate every year. The guy's over 20 points. He gives you a ton of minutes. Sometimes he plays starters minutes. He gets 35, 40 minutes a game sometimes in certain situations. Um, but without him, I kind of got to see the Lakers getting the edge um, because he's a huge part. And if the if they, Clippers can't figure out that bench and their rotation and that chemistry, it's going to affect them a ton. I just think seating right now to some of these teams just doesn't matter. And they're probably just sitting there being like, we know we're a great team. We know a lot of teams probably don't want to play us, but the most important thing for us right now is to make sure that we take these eight games and we do the best that we can to figure out a new identity for ourselves. Because if we go in there just thinking to ourselves, we're going to be who we are three months ago, that might be a really, really bad thing to set going into it. So yeah. if I'm the Clippers and exactly what you just said with those pieces like Reggie Jackson and, um, Mark, it was Marquis, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Morris. Yeah, like you need to get those guys more incorporated than Kawhi Leonard and Paul yeah. George. And those they got Joe Kim Noah. They got Joe Kim Noah now, but I mean, he's not going to be playing as big as a role scoring wise as Lou is. I mean, they're going to have to find guys that to make up for Lou's scoring ability because that's what he does best. Absolutely. So, like, like you're gonna you, you need to get Kawhi and Paul George back into the flow, but you definitely need to get those role players definitely more in the mix and let them figure out their identities going into the playoffs more than those other two. So I think these eight games are more about that. And then once you get to the playoffs, the hope is that you can really then turn it up, up at that point and then do what you need to do. So I don't yeah, I think I, that's gonna be huge for these teams with these eight regular season games, like these teams that aren't um that already have everything lo locked up as far as uh their seating and whatnot and don't really have much to play for their biggest thing is just are basically going to be warm-up games 
These eight, eight, eight games are going to be used to just warm up, get their legs underneath them, build chemistry, and just get ready for a playoff run because you're only going to have two weeks to get ready for this this playoff run that they're going to go on. So I think the team that is going to need this the most is, is the Clippers because it seems like they've had the most new additions to them. And I always say it. It's like the team that you don't hear about the most – you should be worried about them. Like I was thinking the other day, like the teams that like you don't hear about right now that no one's like covering, like you don't hear much about the jazz. You don't hear yep. much about the Mavericks. Like you don't hear much about teams that like were pretty solid teams, but they weren't great. And then, yeah, and, and I you, think these teams are going to have a chip on their shoulder too. Right. Like everybody's like Lakers, like we said, Lakers and Clippers. That's what it's going to be. Think once you, I just think once you take home court away, and then you take all of these factors that are going into it and you take the breaks, you take the lack of chemistry, you take the fallouts of the rosters, these late additions, you take the possibilities of quarantines being violated, people getting COVID, guys having to leave for 14 days, like the what ifs, like all of a sudden, like, you know, anything can really happen in these playoffs at that yeah. point. So, you know, I, I, I just don't put it by all of a sudden that, Maybe it this isn't as top loaded as we once wanted to believe. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, 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 I agree with that, dude. especially with the like you said, the no home court advantage. Like it literally makes it's what makes the NCAA tournament so great, right? It's like you have that. It, granted, it's not going to be a one and done situation in the NBA. It's still going to be a series, but it gives you so much more of a chance to pull off an upset when you don't have. 20,000 screaming fans of another team, you know, you're going to have nobody at the free throw line waving stuff at you as you're shooting clutch free throws. Like it's going to make a huge difference. And a lot of these teams that are kind of on the, on the borderline, especially in the, I would say, especially in the Eastern conference, like the Toronto's and the Celtics, um, even the heat, even Philly, if they can figure it out, like Philly has been awful. They're one of the best home teams in the league, but they've been awful on the road. They got the second worst road record in the league. And, at a neutral court is technically on the road. So who knows how they're going to, if they're going to figure it out, but talent wise, Philly's got everything. It's just, if they can put it together. So, I I mean, like it can go anywhere. I just think people like don't really realize that like, this is going to be a big adjustment for a lot of these players, right? Like they're going to be away from their families. They're, they're going to be locked away. They're going to be adjusting to like this new lifestyle. And you don't know how morale is going to be 24 seven. There might be a team that's all in right now and they're locked in 24 seven and they get hot. And there might be a team that just comes back from this and they just like, like back in March, they were the best team and they just don't have it all of a sudden just because they can't get on the same page. Some people don't want to be there all of a sudden, you know, you just don't really get it. You don't really know how these personalities are going to be. So yeah, I just think that life is different now. And, and I think when I was watching Stephen A talk about it today on first take, he said it best. He's like, a lot of these guys probably are going to try to break quarantine. I know we've, we've debated about that and argued about it. Like, you know, they're going to leave the the bubble, you know, and, and I kind of agree with Stephen A like, you know, like I I think these guys, it's going to be hard for them to be away from their wives. That's going to be hard for them away from their girlfriends. It's going to be hard for them to not want to go out and party. It's, you know, it's not hard to, to be able to sneak away. Like things are going to be so much different. Like we want to say to them that like, listen, you guys are high paid, played paid. You guys are getting paid a ton of money to play a sport. Like just shut up for three months and just do what you need to do and just get through it. But at the same time, like, you know, like we're not them. No, but I think you're talking about like more of the younger generation. I think, most of the guys and like most of the older guys, like the superstars, like the bronze and the Giannis's and Kawhi's, I think they're thinking about this as a business trip and they're trying to build on their legacy. They want this championship, you know, whatever it is, if people put an asterisk on it, who cares? It's another championship. I think this might be the toughest championship to win considering all the circumstances. Has any other NBA champion had to take three months off between seasons, you know, between playoffs and have to just start right back up with only eight games to get back in shape for, for a playoff run, nobody's ever had to deal with this. It's going to be the toughest thing. So I think most guys are going down there thinking with that business mindset, like, hey, we're going down here. We're going to get this championship. The leaders on the team, like, you think LeBron's going to let JR go out and start taking shots of Henny, going to the club down there and breaking the bubble? Like, LeBron's not going to let his guys do that. He's going to have his guys in check. And most of the leaders on these teams will have their guys in check, I believe. Yeah, but why? I mean, we just watched a documentary about Michael Jordan. Why? 
I mean, we just watched, won a we championship. Just, we just watched a ten part documentary about like how the Bulls let Dennis Rodman be Dennis Rodman, and that's, that's what way made, different. It's way different why? circumstances because we're in coronavirus season. Yeah, but like, you're, just the talking hell? About, you're just talking about him popping like shots of Henny. Like, what does that have to that's do? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, I'm like Jr. We, we know that's Jr.'s mind. We know that's Jr.'s mindset. Jr. likes to go out. He likes to party and stuff like that. But I'm saying is when he's down there in quarantine, if he ever gets the, he's the, gonna be doing it in the room. <laughs> well, that, as long as he's not breaking the bubble, well, right? Still be popping shots. Of I'm Henny. sure. Yeah, I'm sure if he pops bottles in his room, who cares? As long as he's not breaking the bubble and breaking quarantine. Then everything's fine. That's the whole big that, thing. It's like leaving the bubble and getting, getting the, the coronavirus. Of, but the odds you know what I'm saying? there will be there will be a violation of the bubble. That you will think somebody's going to violate the, the bubble? Ticker. <laughs> Player A breaks bubble suspended for suspended for days. two weeks. Yeah, he, yeah. But these guys are going to have everything that they want in this bubble. We, they've already women. said they're going to have bar. They're going to have barbers here. They're going to have. People giving manicures, pedicures, massages, taking care of their bodies. They're going to have a 2K lounge with all the games that these guys love to play. Pool, strip video clubs? games. The strip clubs only matter if you're James Harden. <laughs> okay. And they might have one in there. If James, if that's what James needs to perform, then he might be. they might have one in there for him. I'm pretty sure those guys need girls. I mean, James has his jersey retired in a strip club because... He spent so much money there. It's just saying. That's just what it is. So, what's up, Mister Morris? That's what I believe. So, really, I just don't I think. I just don't think. I don't. I, I don't really, think it's I, as big as the thing as you make it out to be. No, I just think you. I just think you have way too much faith in these guys, and I and I kind of respect that. But at the same time, I'm just thinking to myself, like I I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> just I, like you, you believe you believe that like this bubble is gonna work a hundred percent. I believe these guys who are dedicated to this bubble, who will really want to go down there, have one thing in mind when they're going down there. They're going down there for three months to win a championship. Yeah, only one team is gonna come out on top, and we not everybody that. has the Michael Jordan mind state that you're saying that they have right now. That's all I'm saying. No, but I th- I think most. I mean, the I mean, let, okay. Let's face it. Like maybe the team's not going down there with that mindset. The Washington Wizards, the Phoenix Suns, the San Antonio Spurs, the Sacramento Kings. Like maybe those guys because they know they're out of it. But I mean, other than that, like I think that's their main thing, and I don't think like the NBA is going to have security all around that place. Like the people who think that this is just a plan the NBA just threw together without thinking. Is completely wrong. Like the NBA is going to put everything in place for this to succeed. You know what I mean? There's going to be security at, at every player's door. If, if if they at the perimeter of this bubble, is they're going to be on the you know, lockdown. That's fine. I'm just saying. So it's going to be difficult to break quarantine and to break. I this hope bubble. it works. I hope it works. Oh, I it's going to work. I hope all these players stay safe. I hope they don't get the virus. But I'm just saying, from watching the PG. Oh, somebody's going to get the virus. Like, let's just throw that out there. Like, we've seen it with golf. Golf's a non-contact sport with no fans, and we got six people in three weeks test positive. That's my point. So, like, people are going to get it. Like, we, like, and I think the NBA knows that people are going to get it, but it's just a matter of having everything in place where you don't have to just shut down if somebody gets it. If somebody gets it, you go quarantine, and you come back in 14 days. Kind of, like, similar to what golf is doing. Whoever's been tested positive, it's just like, go home. We're going to continue on with the tournament. Get out of here. Come back next week or two weeks. You know yeah, what I mean? You have to just be all right with getting sick. Yeah. And, and I think the players are all right with getting sick. Like the players that are going, they have to have it in their mind. They have to have that mindset that they know they could possibly get this virus. That's what you, that's right. what me and you have, to, me and you have now accepted going to work every day that you have to be all right getting sick. Well, that's what I'm saying. We've been dealing with that since April, since this whole thing started. You and I have right. been going to work every day. We've been dealing with hundreds of people every day. We don't know where they've been. We don't know. They're coming in and out of our jobs. Like, you know, and, and that's, we have that mindset. Like, hey, we're going to work because number one, we need the money. Number two, we got people to take care of. Like, that's just what it is. We don't have the fortune to stay home. Like these athletes with millions of dollars, we just can't do that. But a lot of these guys are going there because they need the money as well. Not every athlete is, or these end of the bench guys, they're not making millions and millions of dollars. Some of them actually need this paycheck to survive and to live amongst their means or however they're living. So I can see why there'd be multiple reasons for them to, to go on and, and want to proceed with going down to that bubble. I agree. 
All right, then. Agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> uh, so moving on, the last one of the last things I want to talk about about the NBA is there's a report that came out today that said the games might be on tape delay because Adam Silver is a little nervous with the trash talking and the language that everybody might uh, might hear, the viewers might hear while this uh, while the games are going on because there's going to be no fans. There's going to be no sound or outside sound. No, there's probably going to be some music and stuff, but it's going to be like pickup basketball and, and, and schoolyard basketball. So, and we've heard players. You can sometimes hear players swearing over the the TV monitors sometimes when you're watching. We all know how KG was with his mouth throughout the years. Um, Steve, what do you think, man? Because I I think that they 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 can't do this. I, I don't agree with this at all. I think it would make for a better product if they just let it be. It was 100 percent authentic. Uh, but what do you think, man? I mean, they technically are on a little bit of a tape delay in in cable, right? I mean, there are times that like we hear swear words that are bleeped out, like they do catch them. So I feel like there is some sort of delay than not being. I don't know how long the the tape delay is going to be that you're talking about, but I mean, yeah, I they mean, didn't clearly, they didn't specify like a certain time, but like the length of it. But they just said tape delay. I mean, obviously, we know crowd noise. Pop- propped in i mean yeah i mean there's going to definitely be profanities that are that are thrown around i mean yeah i mean you got to be able to find a way to center it i mean maybe just maybe have a station that tape delays it and then maybe play another game on another station that allows uncensorship you know what i'm saying like uh, you know yeah. like do, do it that way if, if people really want to have the right to be or just to- make it like rated tv ma like like the okay. last dance documentary like you don't hear swearing on espn usually but they made it where yeah but yeah, i mean they you know what i'm kids, saying yeah but they want kids to watch the game yeah you, but you don't think I'm they saying? want to they kids want, to watch the documentary either deter that what's that yeah true i mean i i get that because a lot of the younger generation there's huge nba fans with the younger generation they can make it work though. I mean, I mean, a lot of these guys have played in arenas with music in the background, but I mean, when, if we're talking about competitive basketball though, like you got to be able to have not that happen because you got to be able to have the coach be able to call plays. You got to be able to have them be able to talk on the court. I mean, it's a very, it's a serious game. It's not a pickup game all of a sudden. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that you have to figure out a way to do it. Um, I mean, obviously for the tape delay, I mean, it's from a better standpoint, live betting is going to be a little different, I guess. So, but I mean, I guess there's really no alternative if they feel like they're going to have to do that. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Like, I think that, um, I think it would be better, uh, if they just were like hundred percent authentic and we got to see that and see what it was like. Cause it, like, I, I still think it would have that kind of schoolyard kind of feel to it of how these guys were on the court growing up and playing these pickup games, even though there's obviously a lot more on the line um, than in a pickup game. Uh, But I agree with you. I think they should maybe do something where maybe we get to see kind of both like the tape delay version and maybe not just to see like what was said and, you know, whatever they figure out though, man, like I think we're just happy to possibly get basketball back. Um, Moving on. I'm going to get into the first, I believe this might be the first non-basketball segment that we're going to talk about on this show. My guy over here, our resident Patriots fan, was super excited to get the news that Cam Newton has signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots to take over for Tom Brady. Um, Cam obviously was let go by the uh, Carolina Panthers after they signed Teddy Bridgewater in the offseason to take over that team. He's coming off of injuries. Um, they didn't, he didn't get a lot of interest showing teams. didn't show a lot of interest in signing him. I think he said the only other team he talked to was the Cleveland Browns. Um, but I think it's a great deal for New England, man. I think it really puts them back up there in the upper echelon of AFC uh, teams. Uh, obviously, I think they're their favorites in the AFC East now. Um, but what do you think, Steve? You think is another Super Bowl in New England's future? Well, I think he's competing for the starting job. I'd like to start off. I think so. I'd like to start off by saying that. Like, I think that he's getting brought in to compete for a starting job. I yep. think there was a great, a great point made, too. I mean, once again, I'm going to bring up COVID. Like you don't really know how the season's gonna go, so I mean, you kind of want to have more good quarterbacks than not. And I think you saw it with uh, New Orleans adding Jameis Winston now having him and Drew Brees. I mean, the Patriots' depth chart at quarterback right now is Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, and Brian Hoyer, three very viable quarterbacks that can step in at any point in the season and win your football games. So, what makes think- you so confident in Stidham? Well. I mean, as my, a Patriots fan, like I'm, I'm serious question because like the only thing I remember about Jared Stidham is how he fucked me in a in a betting uh, when I took them against the Jets and he threw a pick six for me to lose. So, I mean, that's really the only 
memory I have of him. What has he shown that makes you think he can lead this team to the playoffs in a division championship? Well, I can I can start back where Jared Stenham back in his college days of how he was projected. I mean, in as a freshman at Baylor, he was projected as the number one overall pick. If he came out freshman year, he was coveted like Trevor Lawrence was coveted at Clemson in his freshman year. Stayed another year, would have been a top five pick. Can't come out after the sophomore year. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Decided to transfer to Auburn. The difference with Auburn was he went to a run-style offense with Gus Malzahn. Gus mm-hmm. Malzahn's kind of like threw and threw a loop there with that with that transition. Still was a good product. The best thing about him that came from that team was that he doesn't turn the ball over. And as a Patriots fan and watching Tom Brady all these years, the number one thing that we preached was do not give the other team opportunities to get the ball. If you win the turnover battle, you're going to win most games. So knowing that and having and knowing where he came from, I always knew what the product was. Obviously, he, his projection fell to us in the fourth round, which ended up being a steal because he was went from a, a number one rated quarterback to a top five rated quarterback to a, a first round pick. And I still think people with the draft still had him as one of the top three in that draft. But he fell to the fourth round. So great mm-hmm. value. I, I think from uh, as a Patriots fan, uh, they've had a great track record of drafting good quarterbacks. I mean, you're a 49ers fan and you're we just the Patriots traded you uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. First, who just led you guys to a, a Super Bowl. So oh, Jimmy G led us to he led us to a Super Bowl. And then not only that. We, we also had a third stringer, Jacoby Brissett, who was the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, who I thought played pretty well for them. over. The, he did. He did for sure. Yep. Brian, Hoy- Brian Hoyer led the Houston Texans to a playoff berth, you know, not so long ago. So the Patriots have had a pretty proven track record of drafting well. Do I feel better that Cam Newton, a former NFL MVP, is now <laughs> on the depth chart? Yeah. yeah. Do I think that Cam Newton's probably going to win that job? Yeah. And I do I think the the contract will speak for itself with it being incentive based? Yes. I think it, it it's a it's a typical New England Patriots veteran contract, a prove it deal. He yeah. if, if all his incentives hit, he gets seven and a half million dollars. There's gonna be some incentives like games played and stuff like that, especially with his injury history. You know, and 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 just typical Patriots way, you 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 then go into the playoff bonuses. You you win an AFC championship. There's another million dollars for you, Cam. You win a Super Bowl. Here's another two and a half million dollars for you, Cam. So you know, it all works out for everybody <laughs> in the end. And the one thing that I'm looking forward to is the Patriots have always had a very good offensive line, and they've always had a very disciplined run game. And I think when you add another dimension in the quarterback position that involves a good runner. I think it works for both of them because I think Carolina kind of killed the camp with making him run for as most as much as he did. I think I, I think you'd, I think you're going to be excited with uh, ha- with McDaniel's kind of having a mobile quarterback for like the first time since like Tim Tebow. I think it works for both of them because I think any other team would have asked Cam Newton to do what he did in Carolina wherever he went be the guy that's got 58 rushing touchdowns in his career. And we're basically having him transition from a Tom Brady-esque offense, and we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of what makes him great as a rusher. So we're going to allow – because I think when he came into the league, his biggest strength was his arm, but his biggest flaw was his short passing game. And one of the things that people – one of the things that people always nitpick Tom about was that he was a dink and dunk quarterback. You know, and what you saw over the last couple of years in Carolina with Cam Newton was he had to develop that short passing game because once they drafted Christian McCaffrey, that became a huge focal point for their offense, being able to dump that pass over the middle. Now, we saw him struggle, but before he got hurt under North Turner, his completion percentage was up to 68 percent. 
Now, if he can do that, if he can replicate some of that, you've got guys like James White, Rex Burkhead, Julian Edelman, who's been one of the best slot receivers in the game. And then you sprinkle in two big wideouts on the outside with Muhammad Sanu and also Harry. Harry. And all of a sudden you've got something all of a sudden. So we're asking Cam Newton to come in and manage a good offense and add that to a team that was a top five defense last year. So you've got a quarterback that's an NFL MVP that has a huge chip on his shoulder. And it's crazy to me that people will be mad at the New England Patriots getting Cam Newton. Don't be mad at the New England Patriots getting Cam Newton. Be mad at the teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Be mad at the teams like the The whole NFL had a shot at Cam Newton. And it's just the Patriots doing Patriot things. June 28th. That, that Cam Newton still wasn't signed with a team, you know? So be mad at the rest of the NFL. Once again, that the new England Patriots figured it out how to be better than the rest of the league. And once again, <laughs> you, you, like, I don't understand it. Like how, how can you let Cam Newton get to the new England Patriots on a one year deal for seven and a half million dollars? I don't, I don't get it. There's no risk. If, if he sucks and he gets hurt, they lose a million dollars on the cap. Like there's like, it doesn't make any sense. There's only upside to this. So yeah. you, you can't, you can't feel like any sort of risk. You can't feel bad about it at all. As a Patriots oh. fan, it's nice to know that. And then if it doesn't work out, you just fall back to Stidham, who was your plan A to begin with or plan yeah. plan and, one A and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and my thing was like, you know, who knows though, like maybe Cam, has a solid year. Maybe he's great. Maybe they figure out a way to make this work. He's only 31 years old. And, and I'm pretty sure that um, the Patriots coaching staff will be smart enough to not only figure out a great game plan for him, but figure out a great game plan that will be able to fi- to take care of his body. So if they want to make this work going forward and they want to be successful going forward, because let's be realistic, that AFC East is not getting better anytime soon. They can continue to dominate that no. division. Cam Newton, yeah, for sure. Cam Newton is the quarterback for the New England Patriots for the next three, four years can be that can win that division. So, yeah. You know. and one of the funniest things that I saw was Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the division for three months. And that's when Tom Brady decided to join Tampa Bay and all of a sudden Cam Newton's back. So Josh Allen is now the second best quarterback in the division again. You know, I think it's a great move for New England. I think as long as that offensive line can stay healthy, um, you know, you had a couple guys dealing with injuries. Um, and I think Andrews was had the blood clots, right? He's back. Uh, that's yeah, a, he's back. He's back. Yeah, I know. I know he's back, but I'm just saying like that's a big thing to come back from. It's a big injury to come back from, you know. So I think as long as those guys can stay healthy and keep him upright, and the defense continues to be great, I think their secondary is unbelievable. Obviously, Gilmore was the defensive player of the year last year. You still got both McCordys, um, J.C. Jackson. Um, I think is a nice court is a nice piece there too. Um, and, and, and if and, can't go ahead and, and and when we go back to the draft, the Patriots added in the third round, two tight ends, and they're two yeah. very good blocking tight ends. So it leads yeah. me to believe that, and they also drafted Damian Harris two years ago or uh, the, the past year, and he never even got on the field, and he's another guy in Alabama that they worked out of the slot. So he's another running back that I feel like it could be a diamond in a rough. It could make a lot of sense. Yeah. you know. So I think for- Cam's really going to have to work on his accuracy, though, as far as those checkdowns. Like you said, the, the, the Patriots have a lot of guys who are similar to Christian McCaffrey, like the Burkheads um, mm-hmm. and James Whites um, that get out of the backfield on those wheel routes and, and those crossing routes and things like that. And even Edelman in the slot, we know with him and Brady made a living, um, you know, and throws over the middle and just timing patterns, you know, two-step drops. And as soon as that back foot hits, the ball's out and it's right in Edelman's chest, you know, so I think he's gonna have to work on that and i even think Nikhil harry could even play like somewhat of like a kelvin belgerman role early on in his career when cam and them first linked up in a bigger wide out on the outside and i think it's a good thing i think it puts them right there with the chiefs and the afc and i just want people to remember the, the the best thing about being a patriots fan and the thing i think people need to realize the most is can't win a super bowl in september so this is going to be a work in progress, and as long as the Patriots— What's your favorite quote? The Patriots season doesn't start until the AFC Championship game? doesn't start until the AFC Championship, but I think <laughs> this year is obviously different. They got a really—the Patriots have a really tough schedule. It's considered the toughest in the NFL. The only thing that's with them this year is the fact that the toughest games that they have to go on to on the road doesn't look like there's going to be any fans there. So, Yeah, the they, they're playing at Kansas City, right? At Seattle? 
places like for that. New, for the New England Patriots, it's going to be different. This offense is going to be definitely different from what we've seen. But as long as they're gelling by November, like the normal New England Patriots that we know and what Bill Belichick likes to do, you know, they should be on the right track. And as a New England Patriots fan, I definitely feel a lot better than I did last week. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome to see. And like I said, I do think they will end up being – was that your Superman? Was that your – that's my super. Yeah, I was like, I was stretching, but yeah, I guess that was. Yeah, super. it was a little bit of both. You were trying to just throw that in there a little bit, <laughs> um, but I think that puts the Patriots, like I said, back up in the upper tier of the AFC, and I could easily see them making it to like another AFC Championship game uh, for sure. Uh, moving on, we're going to get into a little betting segment. Um, these past few weeks, Steve and I have been grinding golf. Really, the only thing that we can bet right now, other than really international soccer. Um, and we've been grinding it and looking at the courses that these guys are playing, uh, looking at these guys' statistics and stuff like that, figuring out new ways to bet. I mean, we just found out you could bet matches now and not even just whole tournaments. There's like all these different nuances to, to bet in golf. So here's our kind of, uh, this is our betting guide and, and how to bet golf. You degenerates out there who are trying to make a little bit of money. This week we got the rocket mortgage classic. Um, and my guy, even Steve brought it. He's, he's a born loser, right? My guy, Ricky Fowler, he's a born loser. Well, he's not Rocket... or married to one now, right? Huh? Is it, he's, he's, is he married now? Or is he? Oh, he's married. Yeah, well, yeah he's married married to yeah, a Allison smoke. Stokes is, yeah, Allison Stokes yeah. is no joke. Allison Stokes is like the the more famous athlete in, in that <laughs> in that relationship. She was an unbelievable pole vaulter in college. And back at the University of Cal, she was unbelievable. Olympia. Anyways, I got to. Man, I'm biased, man, but my guy Ricky, this is his main sponsor, Rocket Mortgage, man. I think I, I almost gotta think he shows out this week. Well, he I know, opened, you, I know you don't agree. Well, I well, first off, let's start by saying that well, I know I, I'm not a great golfer, but this is the only game no. in town. And I, I fell in love with golf through DraftKings and DFS. And the one thing I liked about it the most was that you can put a lineup in on Thursday and that lineup goes for four days, you know, so you get a sweat on Friday cause you got to get bet six guys to get through the cut. And if you get those six guys through, then basically you're cashing those lineups. So it's a good time. You get to, yeah, get I was going to say, really- if you have no, if your guys don't cash, like if you guys, I mean, I'm sorry, if you guys, if the guys don't make the cut, if you even have one guy miss the cut, your odds are you're not cashing, right? That's usually how that works. Yeah. You need to get all six through and, it, and it's just like any other salary cap. Like if you guys play football or anything, you get 50,000 and each golfer is ranked a certain amount and you get points for bir- scores and birdies and Eagles lose points for bogeys, whatnot. So you know, obviously you want your player to be as good as you, but you, you need to make the cut. Like you need to get them to the weekend. That's the most important thing. So obviously with this year and the way it's been, I've always bet the majors and the odds, but with this year and nothing else going on, as soon as these tournaments started getting up, like golf's been the only thing in town. So I've, you know, I've been going to work and we've been doing, we did the travelers this past weekend. We did the mm-hmm. RBC heritage two weekends ago and, you yeah. know, been okay i mean we haven't won anything yet but i I feel no i feel like the thoughts that we've had so far have been okay you know like we've been we've been close like and then once you figured out like we just recently figured out now we can have like this prop bets for top five finishes top 10 finishes things like that and that's almost something where maybe the odds that you're getting depending on what the odds are might be a little bit of a more guaranteed bet i would say like if you look at guys that are like really really hot right now, like the Daniel Burgers and the Brysons, like these guys who have consistently had good showings over the last few weeks, um, you might almost want to take them to finish in a top ten scenario, uh, depending on how their game mixes up, uh, you know, meshes with the course that they're playing at. And you said to Steve, uh, you told me today, Steve, the little nuance about this course is it's only been played like one other time, correct? Last year was the first time, and most courses in have history a lot of a lot of times you can go back and and these courses have been played for 15 20 years you know so you can go back and and usually guys that have played at these courses in the past have usually have success for it going through it's you know it's like mm-hmm. you know you you feel good about it when you step out into a course that you play well and you know and usually yeah if it seems like the same it, players play good at the course too like their eye just fits that course like i'll go back to my guy ricky father he played the uh the uh, Phoenix and um, what's the uh, uh, Arizona with the uh, 16. It's um, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, right? Where they have the grandstand at the 16, the part three, which is like the amphitheater. It's just an awesome atmosphere. But that tournament, he finished in the top five three years in a row. 
and then finally figured out how to win there and, and he ended up winning the tournament. Like they just shoot good scores at similar courses. So even if you were to look back at the previous tournament to see who finished in the top 10, if that guy's playing this week, that might be something to think about as far as who you might take. Absolutely. So obviously with this, this week, it's the, uh, it's at the Detroit golf club and with it not being a lot of history and not a lot of people playing in it last year, you kind of have to look at the way the golf course plays. It plays very long. So you can only kind of like look at other golf courses that play similarly around the, around the world, you know, and, and you can see it like internationally too. Like if other players play links golfs, uh, you know, whatnot, like how they do differently. So, you know, so some people excel in certain areas. So what I learned is there's a lot of bunkers at this golf course. So, when I say there's a lot of bunkers, that means that you you kind of want guys that are good scramblers. Now, if you want guys that are good scramblers, you want guys that know how to play from the bunker as well. So you don't necessarily need guys that drive the ball well. You just need guys that know how to hit the ball into the green very well. And if they mm-hmm. hit, don't hit the ball into the green very well, they know how to sand save very well and be able yep. to get themselves into the next hole. So that's kind of what I've taken away from it. Um and, you know, this is kind of like the lightest week as far as talent-wise. The last three weeks, there's been a lot of good players in it. And yeah, a lot of top the, players in the world, like the Roy McIlroy's and whatnot. And I feel like it's got a lot to do with the 4th of July being being this weekend. A lot of these players have taken it off. So, obviously, if you look down at the the way the board is, you know, it's it's Bryson DeChambeau at the very, very top. And then it goes Webb Simpson a little bit down. And then kind of everybody else falls into place after that. And what I've realized about these last few weeks is it seems like everybody that's won has been between plus 2,500 and plus 3,000 odds. And the way that we've been trying to operate betting is, and I've been trying to learn is there's a bunch of new obstacles that you have to face. And that the first one is just getting through the COVID testing. And I saw it last week. Yes. Last last (laughs) week. You know, I got so excited after watching RBC Heritage that on Monday I'm waiting for the odds to come out. And I love Brooks Kopka because Brooks Kopka just came off a good weekend and Kepka. Kepka. Kopka Kupka Haka. You know, you know, wins a bunch wins a bunch of majors, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh turns around, you know, and I don't want the odds to move. So I take him on Monday and you know, you gotta go through a full week of COVID testing. And obviously is his caddy gets popped and he he has to go into quarantine so place a bet on it on monday and then he withdraws on a wednesday so then my money's frozen on him so yeah you kind of have to just see how these guys go throughout the week and And that means he can't play this week either because it's going to be be two weeks there's guys like um nick watney tested positive two weeks ago when they were in hilton head or maybe that was three weeks ago now when they were in hilton head and he's just now getting released from there. He had to, while everybody was moving on to the next tournament, he had to stay quarantined in South Carolina and he couldn't move. So he misses the next couple tournaments now. And that's the new thing, right? Too. Like if you bet somebody prior to the tournament on them just winning and they get popped for COVID in the middle of the tournament, they have to withdraw. So now you've got dead money. Your so, money's down the drain. So, you know, that's all these obstacle. obstacles you got to navigate now. You know, you're not even worried about an injury anymore. You're not even worried about them making the cut. You're just worried about them staying healthy. You're almost better waiting until the weekend and seeing how and, the odds are on the weekend. And so you saw like a guy like Jason Day who wasn't feeling good Friday night who makes the cut and he gets tested Saturday morning. And what they turned around and they had him do Saturday morning was they allowed him to play, but he had to play by himself. So like he was able to play the round, but he just, which I didn't really agree with. You know, if you're yeah. not feeling well and you get tested, like I don't. But he didn't get tested. But he didn't test positive for it. That's why I know that. But I don't feel like, like you can still be you can still be sick during these times and not have coronavirus. I understand that, but I don't think that. So I don't think that at that point though, you should send him back out in the court course, even if it's play by himself, because he's still playing with a caddy, he's still walking around, and he's still been around people in the past couple of days. So yeah. I don't know. The whole protocol has been good, but like we talked about, I mean, they've had a few positive tests, but that's neither nowhere there or there. You know. But as far as golfing goes and the betting, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And like Mark's been talking about, you you have to find value different ways. So what I've learned is I'm not trying to put a lot of money or big money on favorites early on in the week. Because if you do, you got to hope that like they hold up through the whole weekend. And that's just the first obstacle of it. So I think that the, the way that you have to bet is you have to look for the guys that are like, 
35 to one odds and kind of work up from there and then kind of like pick away at it. And then kind of like what Mark said, like when you get to like Saturday or Sunday and you see like where these guys are at the top, kind of treat it like a roulette game, pick like a number on a, on a Thursday and play those way back odds. And then by Saturday, Sunday, start playing red or black. And that's kind of like what we did the other day. We did that with the uh, the favorites, and then we also did that when they offered the uh, the head to head matchups. And that was like almost like a an NC. I think the head to head matchup like tournament style like pool play thing is probably one of the coolest things that I figured out that you could bet on, where you just bet instead of betting the whole tournament, you just bet in individual matchups. Where you know, like last week we saw, um, I think one of my matchups that I was on, you had Ben on versus Jordan Spieth, where both were playing pretty similar. Jordan Spieth. Um, was the favorite in that matchup. But I was, you know, when Steve and I were going back and forth, you know, I was like, I really think Ben On's going to come out and, and, and beat Spieth in this matchup because Spieth has not been able to play on the weekend. He's had struggles every week on the weekend, even tournaments that we think we, I think we took him in the tournament earlier where like Spieth's due for a win and he just absolutely blew up. You know, he hasn't been, he's been struggling on the weekends. And so, of course, he struck. Off the tee, yeah, he couldn't find a fairway. He just, you know, in a in a critical moment where he needs to hit a fairway, he's going OB. Um, he's going out of bounds. It's just he's not the Jordan Speed that almost won the Grand Slam, and in, in one season, he's just not that guy anymore. But he is overdue for a, for a, a win. Like he's good enough to win. He's he's just that type of player. But Ben On was playing well, and, and with Jordan Speed's struggles, I was like, man, I really think Ben On's going to pull this upset. And of course he did. He pulled it out because Jordan just couldn't figure it out again and get on the weekend. So those are things you got to look at is like, you can't really go off of just names and, and things like that. You really got to d- dive into like how players are playing that week and how they've been playing overall. And, and on the weekend is when the tournament really comes down to it. And it's those more nerve wracking situations where you got to hit more difficult shots. Um, he hasn't been able to execute that over the last few weeks and, and he still couldn't do it this past week. I think people forget that just because you're out of contention, like these players are still playing for something. And I said it the other day, um, I was watching uh, a, a putt on 18 by Brennan Todd. And I said, that's a hundred thousand dollar putt he's about to take right there. And he was four shots off the lead at that point. Like it seemed like irrelevant to everybody else, but to that guy in that situation, like that was a whole place. Like that was a hundred thousand well, dollars. That's the good thing about golf is like, everybody's always giving it their best. Like it's different than betting on like the NBA or the NFL where like, if the spread is 12 in an NBA game and you have a team up by 14 I and mean, you got, garbage players in there who aren't giving it, you know, getting that garbage time. We're not giving it a hundred ten percent. They're not playing lockdown defense. They're kind of just going through the motions where anything can happen. And then all of a sudden a guy gets a basket at the buzzer and you end up losing. You're not going to get something like that in golf where guys are just out there going through the motions, hitting shots. These guys are locked in every shot um, because each shot or each stroke could be the difference between, you know, $10,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. And as far as moving up the, the, the uh, standings, you know, and, and you just never know, you know, what it's going to be. So you could bet anybody and just know you're going to get their a game every single time. Well, that was the fun thing about last week too. Like Dustin Johnson won the tournament at 19 under and he shot a one under uh, one under the first round. And you were like, yeah. The, the leader, the leader after the first round shot a 60, you know, he shot a 10 under Yeah, he was 10 under, 10 under. Mackenzie and, Hughes, you know, and, that's and he only like, finished at what, 14 or 15. Like, so the rest of the way, he only shot five under. Yeah. So I, I think he went 17 under, I think he, got he, ended up getting, he ended up getting a 17. Yeah. He had a huge putt on 18, but, but that, that's the point, right? Like, so these guys are always just a 63 or a 62 away. So that's the fun part about golf odds is, you know, you can look down on a Sunday and be like, Oh, that guy's four shots behind. I'm not really feeling great about the guys up top. Like, you know, like maybe it's time to be able to play good juicy odds back there. So like, you know, and if anybody golfs out there, you guys know how mentally jarring it can be just to have one bad shot. We watched a leader the other day and Brandon Todd get seven shots on one hole. And they were all like shots that you and I thought we would probably have around the green. I think I sent you the link. Like he was chipping and then he was, then he was on the other side of the green. Then he was on the other side of the green. Again, yep. and he was I saw that there. live. Yeah, and I saw like, it live. You're like, that guy's a pro golfer. That's at yeah. minus 20 right now. He was one shot back of the lead 
and yeah. he's got the right on the right on the on the the ledge, right on the side of the bunker. Um, he's in the grass there, right on top of the bunker. It's an awkward shot. It's an awkward stance and everything like that. But all he's going to do is really pop it up onto the green and make par. And it get except he skulls it over the green, and then he tries this crazy flop shot to to land it close to the pin, and he gets it right in front of the green and just rolls right back to his feet. And it's just this guy's just playing like and like me and you would play right out there. He's just you're like, what the hell is he doing? He but completely I, shot himself out of contention. But I, I but I've come to love betting it because like like lip outs, you know, like long birdie putts. Like Dude, every stroke I, matters. You're you're I'm, into every. You're locked into every moment of the tournament. And I, you know, and I never thought it would be that way with golf with me. But you know, here we are. You know, so I find myself waiting for Monday, the, the odds to come out, you know, and, and then we get to work. And, you know, like I said, I wanted to talk about it today because, you know, like if there's guys out there that are looking for something, you know, well, you've got a couple of guys here that are starting to find their way through it. And and when you got guys that are trying to find their way through the weeds, we're trying to find not only winners, but we're trying to find correct ways to navigate the odds and the ways to bet these golf tournaments, because what we're learning about our what learning about our sports book and, and the way that sports books are operating now with everything being so new in a year and a year and change in now is they're now updating the way that they're giving you more and more chances to win. And we saw it like yeah. Mark's talking about, like you're not just having to pick the outright winners. You're able to pick a guy being a top 10 finisher. Like there was a guy named doc Redmond last week that if you just picked him to be in the top 10, he was a 250 to one to win the tournament. But if you picked him to be in the top 10, he was, he was 15 to one, you know, I'd rather pick a guy just to finish top 10 at 15 to one, you know, like to make more money that that seems way more feasible to me, but this is what we need to do as we go. You know, we're learning as we go, but from a standpoint of like knowing the player players, like I feel like we're there. So we figured, you know, this week, you know, Detroit Golf Club, you know, we've got some winners. We feel like we've got, I feel like I got a couple this week, you know, at least I'll put a yep. lineup in and I'll definitely, I'll definitely throw some darts at the board this week. Awesome. And, you, and your guy and your guy, Ricky, you know, yeah, like we can look at your guy, Ricky, as a possible chance. And I've definitely seen his odds go up 33. He's up to 17 to one. And and he, he's due for a good showing. He's a born he loser. He hasn't made a cut. Nope. He's in that range that that everyone that everyone talks about, like has been winners, and he's definitely got that iron game that kind of presents the opportunity to be well. But he hasn't been successful. Will I bet him? No, I will not bet him because he hasn't done anything that's shown me that he should be bet. Is he a guy that I'm going to be shocked if he's in the leaderboard on Saturday or Sunday? No, no one shocked me at all. I definitely think there's better value out there. There's definitely guys at like 55 to 60 that I'm definitely going to be looking at. There's definitely guys up top that are chalky that I feel like I'm probably going to see that are probably going to be up there no matter what. But I like guys like Adam Hadwin this week at 66 to one. I like I like a guy like Kevin Na. Kevin Na who who Kevin had a Na. strong Kevin Na who had a strong finish last week at the Travelers. He did he went yep. up from 45 to one. He's now at 35 to one. He's one That's of the another best. thing you got to look for is too, like previous tournaments, like who's hot like right now, who's finished strong, because those are the guys who can come out and really put up a number. And like I told you, Kevin Nod, never been great off the tee, but has great iron games and is one of the best scramblers on tour. This, mm-hmm. this, this. That's another reason why I like Ricky too, because Ricky's one of the best short game players on tour. He can, yeah. He's great in the sand. He's one of the best putters. He's got one of the best putting strokes on tour. Um, his thing. So, but again, man, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of hoop dreams. Uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, man, we are going through a transition right now. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Cause we're going to be doing more of a sports, uh, well-rounded sports oriented show. Uh, stay tuned to the Twitter pages uh, for more information. We're going to be coming out with a new show name, some new podcast art, new cover and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for all that, those updates. Um, and we'll be back next week with another episode for you guys. Peace. Ciao. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to episode 17 of Hoop Dreams. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as all other podcast platforms. Make sure to leave us a review while you're there and let us know how we are doing. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter 
at hoop dreams underscore mb and also follow my co-host steve lewis at s lewis five six five six for all the latest updates with the show we are now live streaming all episodes and love the interaction we have been getting from our listeners if you are interested in tuning into a live show just stay tuned to our twitter accounts and we will let you know when we will be going live we will be back with another episode next week but until then remember to always follow your hoop dreams My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it.